There's elected officials now, but not a lot of states people. You see a, a shift from kind of the value of a of a states person to a uh, this this using institutions as a platform for your own you know glorification. It's not a complete waste, and all, but there's a, there's plenty that is uh, really not serious about doing the job, uh, and I think that's that's one of the things that sets a statesman apart from uh, just someone who's filling an elected office, right? Welcome to Crossing Phase, a podcast wherein a Christian and a Muslim talk religion and politics. My name is Matt Hawkins, former policy director for the Southern Baptist Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, and my friend John Pinna, a former, well, currently still man of mystery, uh, coming to us from upstate New York. I'm coming to you from Middle Tennessee. Um, in London right now. I'm in our London office. You're in your London office. Yeah. <laughs> what a time to be in London. My goodness. It is. It's a good time to be in London. Yeah, I'm right on. I'm right on uh, in Bloomsbury, right, right near the um, the, the, the museum, the, the, the museum, the London Museum, or whatever it is. Amazing, amazing. So what's your, what's been? We got a lot to catch up on. Uh, I know. We're, we're gonna kind of we're gonna try to testy before I we we hit record because right. I got my shirt buttoned a little bit. I go off. Oh, I, I need to put a little olive oil on there so it glistens. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, put put your shirt on, John. This is this is a family programming. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what we're, what we're talking about, but yeah, no, I figure we you know we hit the Queen. Uh, you know this you know this episode we got the Queen's uh, morning the Queen, uh, yeah. and is that thing or bad that who knows? And uh, and we've got nine eleven post nine eleven uh, a day after that, and then uh, and then we have a few other things we want to talk about. I know that uh, the Vice President spoke at the. Southern Baptist Convention is that National Baptist National Baptist Convention, not the SBC. National Baptist Convention, but Pence did some time ago. Yeah. But I, I I wanted to ask you some questions about that speech because it happened just the last uh, week, or within the last like four days, I think. Okay, yeah, I, I wasn't sure when that was landing. So, um, you know, where does uh, where does uh, Christian nationalism stand on the Queen? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a great question. Uh, I think I think by by and large, I think you see a, a lot of um, I say people from my tribe, so right of center politically, um, theologically conservative Christians. Uh, I think share a great deal of admiration for the Queen in particular, even if we are as Americans, of course, skeptical about the whole monarchy thing, uh, especially a divine right monarchy. Although I have heard it described as a uh, was it a, a constitutional monarchy? Uh, or what? a par parliamentary monarchy. What, what's the descriptor that you hear uh, there? You know, here's the, it, every time, you know, I spent quite a bit of time here. You know, I had a place in in East London, in London Fields uh, on Richmond Road for some time. And uh, it's funny to hear how people characterize uh, the, the monarchy. A lot of people, I would say by and large, they don't, equate it to any sort of governmental standard they right. say it's it, it, you know that it's sort of this familial affection for this entity and they don't muddy the water with the idea that it it, it it's 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 structure within government you know right. um then you have i would say traditionalists maybe right of center uh tories uh and the tory would talk they'll talk about how um it's uh, they'll talk about how it, it, it's it's a constitutional monarchy and how it, it, there's a function within the government. Right. You know, function within the government is diplomatic. It's protocol. And it is the it is the head of state. Right. It, well, and then stability. And then if you press them a little bit, then they say, well, yes, the queen generally or the monarch generally has to make certain things. Uh, you know, not not the, do the not on certain things, and and so there is power still, a power structure still associated with it. For example, um, we they just changed the prime ministers, and that prime minister needed to be approved of in right. Scotland. Uh, the queen needed to to you know, and so that was what needed to happen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, well, and so like the the head of state role, kind of the states the the states all kind of highest representative, public rep representative, like the highest diplomat basically is the queen. And they, they've separated that role from the chief executive, which is the prime minister. Um, while here in America, we have that role 
combined um, for good or ill, right? And so that's a that's a pretty stark difference um, because um, even in, this was an observation I heard long ago from uh, my former boss Richard Land is that um, you know when Americans looked to the president, um, we're, we're kind of combining or trying to combine even in our kind of our argument and our passions, uh, what, what the UK has separated, which is a symbolic head of state, um, ultimate kind of the diplomat who is kind of a not you know, nonpartisan basically to, to a large extent. Uh, and then the prime minister who's, who's the, who's the hiring hireable and fireable <laughs> chief executive. Right. Um, and in America, um, we we expect both in the same person, uh, and that that may contribute a little bit to our disagreements because we're not just combining policy arguments. We're not just engaging in policy arguments in the presidency, um, but we are also um, trying to uh, elect someone who we feel represents the country. Right. Right. Well, I, I think that there's. I, I would I would I would put an addendum on that. And I would say that the queen has, and this is something that uh, a friend of mine, a, a British friend of mine kind of uh, explained it to me this way. He said, look, the queen is largely symbolic, but she has about anywhere between one to 3% power in all of the agencies and, and, and the houses here. You know, there's, there's a, and and then that one to three percent could be ceremonial, like something can't happen because until she puts her nod on it, you know, the, yeah. and or it had there's an actual administrative element that she needs to do. Now it could be, and so basically described as a traditional element and an administrative element. So there could be it could be either or or both that she has power in, and of course she's passed away, so now it's the king. And uh, you know I'm overjoyed because uh, I, I worked with uh, uh, with. with I guess he's King Charles now. Is he the king? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> and and I, have, I, I have a funny story uh, with, with that because I think we were texting back and forth what we're going to talk about. You gave those exclamation points. I'm <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> so uh, so I, you've, I, met, you've met Charles, you say? Yeah, it was a, it was it was a rough start, though. It was it was a typical Johnny P meeting. You know, I am. Um, I think I remember you saying something about this. So retail, you you uh, you tried to interject some humor that fell flat. Is that right? Is that what happened? Well, not to inject humor. I just didn't. I you know I'm an I'm an American. You know we've tied <laughs> the shackles of monarchy. We don't and tyranny. So I don't. When it comes to, I don't do the math on it. And you know there was an there was an old boss of mine, and he used to do so much research before he went into a meeting that the conversation wasn't really natural. You know, it, he knew too much about the person to make connections. It was like almost everybody he knew, he he, he interacted with. And, and before he even met him, he knew everything about him. He had all his briefs. I am somebody who likes to get be more go into a conversation more organically, right? I, 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 I walk in, I meet the person. Oh, this is who I am. This is what's going on. And I'm, I'll know enough to have broad strokes, but not enough to... To, uh, to make strong connections that are not genuine, you know? And yeah. so I'd like a connection in the meeting right then and there. And, and then we say, oh my God, I can't believe it. And that, then you have sort of a natural reaction. So right. working on this program to, uh, to change. So the Prince of Wales, Prince Charles, is really into agriculture. That's his jam. Like that's, it was one of his major roles as prince, right? Yeah. So I'm sitting there uh, dealing doing a program that's uh, essentially swapping out opium growth, uh, opium farmers for um, pomegranate farmers. So you'd switch the crop. Okay. And, um, and so I was. It was a British NGO uh, that I was working with, and so we ended up ended up uh, meet, you know meeting the going to meet the prince of wales so so we, we're going to the uh SCO foreign commonwealth office and we're doing a meeting there and and then right after that we're going to meet the prince of wales so we go and we and i don't, I don't think anything of it because i've met you know I'm mps and i have a small cadre of, of contacts and sure enough we go you know out west and we go to the summer home and it's you know, a lot of security whatever it is and we go in and we sit down and introduce others to the Prince of Wales. So we shook his hand and, and everything else. We sit down and I go, I got you know, before we start the meeting, you know, you really look like that guy from the 80s, that Charles guy. 
that was that's the prince and he goes i am and i go i thought you're the prince of wales he goes i am the prince of wales i'm the prince of wales and i am prince charles so and i, and I go oh it was one of those moments and I, I think i'm fast on my feet and i go well you know as the highest evolution of brit you know we don't we don't recognize those titles it's very difficult for us to do them <laughs> And he said, what do you mean highest evolution of Britain? I go, I'm a New Yorker. You know, we are heavily socialized with, you know, the British history, the seven years. I sit, I live in the seat of the American Revolution and the French and Indian War. You guys call it the seven years war. And the Dutch history, we're heavily uh, socialized with, like I said, British history, regulars. We have British regulars that raid through every October uh, the um, Kingston and put the, put the uh, mayor up on trial. And it's called the burning of Kingston. We do a mock town and then burn burn the mock town uh and and we you know we, we, i've tarred and feathered tax collectors during fourth of july that's that's something that that i've done um you know washington's headquarters is all through through the uh the hudson valley and so you know the british fleet came up and that's why kingston was the first capital of new york and now it was albany because moved to albany because they burned kingston to the ground so so he kind of chuckled at that and, and then we started what we went on with the meeting and then I had a series of meetings with him later on, and and he would retell that story in those meetings to other people. Well, <laughs> to, 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 you know, I I, I I learned something. You know, he'd say, you know, a year ago or two years ago. You know, there yeah. is pollution of the Brits and the, the New Yorkers consider themselves. And I said, well, I'm not representative of all New Yorkers, but it was really funny how he kind of showed a lot of personality and and in accepting. My, my, you know, in that case, my ignorance, and on top of that, um, accepting the humor in such a way that was funny. Yeah. Now, so I, I, I'm trying to figure out if I should, uh, you know, if I'm recontact him and do something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you have to, yeah, king or so, however you do it. You the, so the moral, the moral to this story I hear is that if you're gonna have an an awkward social faux pas with a future head of state, make it a funny one so that they will remember you and retell it. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, I, in this case, my hubris paid off. Let me put it that way. I, it was really funny, and then my knowledge enough of you know when I say the French and Indian War, and I go, you know, you guys call it the Seven Years War. You know, we were able to chat a little bit about those pieces of history, and. uh and, you know, my donut recipe is based on a French cake recipe from the Seven Years' War, from the French and Indian War, you know. So um, so there's a lot of uh, connectivity to uh, to the history, you know. You know, that's part of my soul uh, of the American Revolution and our colonial history. So, but anyways, that's my, that's my, so I don't have any, any stories about the Queen. I never really interacted with her. I never, I never had any, um, but it's, I, I think that, I, I think of my mother because my mother watched the coronation and yeah. on wow. business. Um, and she's, I took her with me because I was going to, we were going to have a, a, a movie premiere, the, the, uh, Amen, 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 the documentary, uh, on the, uh, the Torah scroll, um, that, that I, I worked on, raised fund, the funds for and worked on, um, over the last three years, we're doing screenings all over the, the world. And, uh, it was, we came here and it was canceled because they're mo the morning, the queen. So, uh, basically my mother and I are palling around and she's, gets to she's all the coronation and now she gets to see the the you know the the the, the, the queen lying in state to be in westminster so we're gonna go do that and stuff so i'm here oh. in the you know in the, the the london offices so that's the story uh yeah the, the exclamation points but yeah i was gonna say hubris my new york hubris really paid off <laughs> you know i was able to flip real fast so but uh, but yeah, Marana Post also you know so I, I think when it comes to the Queen, I think we just uh, you know it's the end of an era. We're losing our state, yeah, for sure. and I think that that that's the thing for me. We've lost quite a few states people in the last, I would say during our lifetime, but certainly in the last ten years. And so we, who who are the states people we go to? There's elected officials now, but not a lot of states people. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think you're. That, I think you're right. You know, we can't rely on those elected officials to to not, a lot of them to do the right thing, and even the people that are, or or they're not showing their leadership. Um, they're sort of moving into this sort of nether world of, I'm going to start pandering to uh, some of the, the 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 you know the things that are going on there, or or get 
hung up in the social media of it all. Um, right. so. Yeah, I think I think you're right. You you see a, a shift from kind of the value of a of a statesperson to a uh, this this using institutions as a platform for your own you know glorification and your own own career advancement. Um, uh, you see that particularly in the U.S. House. Uh, today, a little less so in the Senate, but it's still definitely there. Um, people yeah. are, who are kind of using the office um, uh, with the mechanism of uh, yeah, pa- pandering to uh, certain certain crowds uh, on left or right, uh, but ultimately using the seat. Not you know, they're not they're not doing a whole lot of legislation over at the House um, for the, from those from those people who are kind of the most vocal and the most kind of social media engaged. Um, they're just kind of using the office as a platform uh, to advance their own agenda. To, you know, in their best sense, they're advancing a particular cause, right? Their issue set. Um, it's not it's not completely uh, it's not a complete waste, and all, but there's a, there's plenty that is uh, really not serious about doing the job. Uh, and I think that's that's one of the things that sets a statesman apart from. Uh, just someone who's filling an elected office, right? Is someone who's uh, really cares about the particular institution they inhabit and um, and what that institution can do uh, or not do um, in in its appropriate context. Versus basically, you know, overselling what you think what you say you're going to accomplish uh, when you when you get elected during a campaign season. Um, there's just a whole lot of overpromising. Um, that's really uh, even even if it was. Even where I agree with an idea, right? The idea that um, one one congressperson is going to get elected to the U.S. House, and among their the forty, was it four hundred thirty four other colleagues, they're they're going to get this particular pet project done and through the Senate. It's just nonsense, um, and I think that's one of the differences you see between between the statesmen and all the others. Yeah, it's it's very and very strange because. I think we are in the transition of the old guard to the new guard. Uh, you know, we started our careers. I mean, I know my first touch of government relations was the Yeltsin Clinton summit. I was low level staff at the summit, which was 1995, 96. And, and that was my first taste of international diplomacy and foreign affairs. And then, it wasn't until 1999 that I really had a, like a career, you know, started my career in government relations. But um, it, it, it's been amazing to see all of the people retire and and all the people that really lost um, their, 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 I would say their way, um, you know, you know, it was something else. I mean, I, I think, I, you know, I remember when Boehner retired and 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 because uh, he was leader of the house, right? Our leader, yeah. you know, the, speaker of the house, speaker of the house, and uh, yeah, I was there. And and I, I miss him. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, but he's one. He's one of those guys that 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 I would consider a statesperson. And I I I do. He would make tough choices, and he would. And I I think he thought outside of himself in a lot of the choices that he made. I think most of the choices he made. Um, uh, but uh, and I'm not saying there. I don't want to cast aspersions on say everybody. There are no states people, but I think a lot of the states people have really their their idea of selflessness or serving something larger than themselves has subsided. So yeah, yeah, uh, and, and you know I. And I think we could, there's plenty of blame to put on a lot of those those actors who we say are you know kind of taking advantage of the platform, so to speak. Uh, but to some extent, this is our own doing, right? I mean, we hire and fire um, these folks, and to some extent, uh, the the people who get elected to office are you know by and large the people who we're putting in those seats um, collectively, right? right. Um, whether it's a congressperson from Tennessee or a senator from a different state, like ultimately, you know, it's it's popular sovereignty here in America, and yeah. uh, uh, we're well, we're putting these we're putting these people in office, and so that's a constitutional republic. So it's not popular sovereignty. Well, if the I... form the form is constitutional republic, but the the ultimate authority from the is from the people is a is a uh, is a kind of popular sovereignty. Uh, that would be one person, one vote. That's popular sovereignty. That's. So I'm getting technical on you, but I, 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 you're, I mean, you're, you're getting technical. I, I, it's not, not majority rule. 
Um, right. But it is it, the power does come from the people. Like we, like our yeah. documents say, we the people. Uh, so yeah. it is a it is a form of popular sovereignty um, expressed and limited. Mr. Madisonian, uh, it limited <laughs> in a limited form. <laughs> so <laughs> what a hateful thing to say. All right, so uh, well, you know what, you know that, like this is through and through, you know. So, <laughs> um, but uh, so I, we shouldn't muddy the water with our technical. Well, but this is good nerdy stuff. So, this is good. Um, well, let's get. So um, we we're kind of we're in awe of the queen. I think a lot of a lot of other folks um, we're we're in awe of her her leadership um, over the decades and the idea yeah. that there's basically no there's no one there's no one in in the UK younger than than uh, than age seventy who remembers a time when she was not queen right um that's pretty profound um in in all the rhetoric that we've seen um regarding you know just the sheer scope of history that she's uh, that she's been a part of or viewed uh makes me think of my own grandmother who who's still alive but i think she's 96 i think thereabouts um uh and so she's basically lived the same over the same era that the queen has and so uh, you know all the reflections on what the queen has seen i think huh my own grandmother uh, witnessed yeah. all of that from a different, very different perch, obviously, um, but uh, was was present and around for it nonetheless. Uh, so that was pretty profound. Speaking of other history, uh -oh. items of history, uh, we're recording this a couple days after the most recent anniversary of 9-11. Yes. And uh, you as an American Muslim have a particularly uh, kind of a unique take on an experience and all of that, uh, both personally and professionally. But most recently, you told me that uh, you had a couple interesting experiences on 9-11 on Sunday. I, what, I, yeah. what did you do? So it was interesting because I, I was asked to speak at a couple of churches Um uh, tr so Trinity Evangelical Church and then a Lutheran Evangelical Church, which I'm, I'm not even going to try to unpack what any of those mean. Um, <laughs> sorry, I, I just, and, and I don't mean that. Just, I don't want to commit a hate crime, but it, it just gets to a point where there's so many Christian sects. I have no idea. Right. What, what some of them like the cross, some of them don't like the cross. Some of them they, there's idols that don't like. So it, it's dizzying. Um, but it was very thoughtful. This pastor uh, reached out to me and said, we want to do a, a, a multi-faith um, uh, uh, multi sermon, multi-faith um, ceremony. And so invited a, 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 a maybe the, basically the Abrahamic faith. Was, uh, I was supposed to do a Quranic reading. And, it was, um, and then we had a, a, a rabbi there as well. And uh, I basically kind of walked through. It was the, the theme was reconciliation. Yeah. And so there's this, there's a, uh, I, I kind of want to take them on a sort of personal journey from like where I, where I started and uh, in, in, in who I was and my identity. And I went through a little bit of the sort of bell curve to the Quranic verse and, and, and then kind of tied it up back with who I am because it was local, you know, and these are all essentially my, my, my friends and colleagues and and uh and if they're not they know somebody i know um and uh you know i spoke a little bit about my experience and you know how you know during you know post 9 11 they were stoning and stoning our house and and uh getting pulled over with isaf international security assistance force and dari and we chatted a little bit about that but uh and how this is you know my community um and it was it was a tough it was tough to bear coming back home uh, because I, I was nervous about all that stuff in my own community. And uh, I had to reconcile that. That was a personal reconciliation. And then uh, talking about how uh, Al-Qaeda and, and um, ISIS are doomsday cults. And, and we all yeah. have fringe sects that we never hear about, but then when something happens, we do hear about them. And so I, I talked a little bit about that, and I was warned by one of my Muslim colleagues you better not say that openly because it makes you a target and i go you know i have an organization it's called muslims for muslims <laughs> and i go and i go if you can't then if you can't the whole point of my organization is and i spent 10 years engaging the ummah the global muslim community for to support it so make sure everyone would know all the religious leaders and community leaders 
And if we're not willing to say that this is Islam and this every and this is what's on the other side of Islam, and I'm not alone in this. In Amman in 2004, when we talked about, we, I, mean, I mentioned this a lot, they issued out the Amman message. And the Amman message is, essentially states, this is this is the global Ummah coming together and saying, this is Islam and this is the other side of Islam. And and, and they specifically m- mentioned, you know, ter- ter- acts of terror, violating these maxims um, of, of, of how to declare war and so forth violate the maxims of Islam. And you might if you, you might claim to be Muslim, but you're not. You cease to be. And that's a profound moment in time. You know? Yeah. So, um, and, and so we're just following that, um, that my Muslims are Muslims. But there's not a lot of people that are vocal about it. And there's not a lot of people because they pander to both sides. Yeah. Uh, um, so I spoke a little bit about that. I mean, the, you know, the prophet, I spoke a little about, about, about the prophet Hazadisa, peace be upon him, who is, uh, you know, Jesus. And then I spoke about uh, uh, the prophet Muhammad, uh, peace be upon him as well, and and how the prophet said, there's, I'm paraphrasing, uh, but is essentially in the women, which is a section of the Quran, basically says, um, I think it's Surah 4, 411. And he basically says, Above fasting, above prayer, above uh, 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 um, donations, uh, 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 charity, is reconciliation. So of the five pillars, he says, reconciliation is above three. And so what an important thing to say. Yeah. And so I kind of talked about that. It was a little bit different, though, because I think the pastor was saying to me, when, I got really nervous because I, I as you normal as usual, I don't follow directions. So he said, oh, "I wanted to do a Quranic reading." And so when the when the rabbi got up and started doing it, I go, "Boy, she's doing a really technical reading." I go, I pulled him aside. I go, "Was I supposed to be like more, you know, Christian about it? You know, because you guys do like, you know, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, and then you know, it's a bunch of stuff. And I don't mean to say it, but a lot of times I'm like, I don't even know what what that meant. And then they tell you, you know, and it's and it's like. Did, did that, is that what it said? I'm not really sure. So he did this whole. Uh, uh, he read a passage about it about two stones becoming one. Do you, are you familiar okay. with it? Uh, so uh, it was, not off the top it, of my head from the New Testament. Yeah, uh, I think so. But I, but uh, uh, it was it was really tough. It was tough to follow. I'll be honest. With you. I was trying really hard. So, but if you gave it to me ahead of time, I would have been able to study it. But you can see it. Well, I have the. It's all been recorded, and uh, in this, in the, both churches. And oh, that's great. See, so we can post that if you want. Um, and uh, I most you can see Johnny P in the funny hat. Um, but I thought it was it was amazing. I'll tell you what the what the best thing that came out of it. A lot of people said I never met a Muslim before. You're the first. Right. So I was like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Yep. You know, and these are these are churches that are right up the street from me, you know. Yeah. So, so we were chatting a little bit about that, and uh, and, and a lot of people said I learned a lot about Islam. Uh, I you know never I, you know, I learned a lot in such a short period of time because you know I always feel like I gotta, and um, and then it was and I told him I said well you know the, I'm the might be the first Muslim that you know of that you met, you know you may you know there's a right. lot of yeah 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 you know um, not all of us wear funny hats and. And, uh, and 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 have and talk like Johnny P. So it was a profound moment in time because I haven't done something like that. At one point, you know, at one point, you and I both were important people in our communities. You know, now we're, you know, sort of retired, semi-retired poet warriors. You know, we're, we're, we're <laughs> now, now we're hacks in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah, we're like one, uh, in that cave floating around. You know, where you know he goes, Obi Wan. Oh, I haven't heard that name in a long right. time. <laughs> you know, so, are. Um, so uh, but I, I think that it was it made me it, 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 I, I, I'm going to use one of your phrases it made me feel like I was getting a little bit back to my roots you know we speak you know I hadn't been in that sort of advocacy community advocacy role in a long time um, yeah. I I you know I deal you know I deal directly with with, with presidents and heads of state and I you know I don't participate in on, on those lines anymore and um and i do with on the local level with my you know when i'm at 
cafe or when I'm interacting with people and stuff like that. But it wasn't so much when, not so much when I was working at AIC and we were getting scrappy with community engagement events and stuff like that. So yeah, sure. It 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 it, it was a um, it was a profound experience and it was it was somewhat humbling and and there was also just just fun to you know to talk with people. Um, and I was a little nervous. I'll be honest with you. I was. I, I was like, oh my God, I got to go into this, into, the, into this evangelical church. And I go, I mean, what, you know, what am I walking into? Uh, right. And, and there was a part of me that didn't feel like, oh my God, there's a lot of risk. And are they, you know, is my bakery going to get stoned? You know, like, I got to be like, <laughs> you know, like, I started to get a little bit, of, oh, uh, they are, you know, who knows where these people are sit and where they lie. Um, and, and so, but I, but here's the problem. The difference between, um, what, you know, in Islam, there's a, 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 a there's, there's a, there's a, it's called jihad al-jam. Uh, it's the struggle of the tongue, right? The struggle to, to you ha- there is no choice. You have to participate. You have to act. Hmm. But, and 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 now and and I and citing the surah, right? Where I was talking about how, how Muhammad said, "You have to do this." The Prophet said this. You have to reconcile reconciliation. More important, you now are obligated to go. There's nothing, there's no, you don't have, there's no choice. So as this way of life that, that, that people that you call Islam, it, it, now you're forced to, you, and, and, and happily forced to, but it's an obligation. And yeah. so, so it was one of those, those things where I wasn't struggling and saying, oh, I shouldn't do it. But then um, I, I always feel compelled to do, to be the person that goes out there. But there was, there was, I, there was a moment, a couple of moments where personally I was thinking, this might, my, this might screw up the whole enterprise. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I, I you happy life, you know, and I go, oh, my God, they're going to know where I am and what's going on. So, no, um, no, I think that's insightful, John. I think because um, those of us who are have been engaged in this kind of uh, um, you call it coalition building, you call it grassroots, you call it, you call it you know, reaching across differences, uh, anti-polarization stuff uh, with my organization uh, that I uh, that I co-chair or I chair, I co-host the podcast. I, I chair the board of the one America movement. Um, uh, those of us who are reaching across the, uh, the aisles, so to speak, to talk to the religious other, to the political other, uh, we have experiences that, that give us confidence that this stuff works, but then you're right in the moment you're like, um, this could go, this feels like it could go sideways, like at any moment. <laughs> Is yeah. that fair? Like, even though we have the record as experience and we've had wins uh, and we know that we can engage this stuff productively uh, with successes, there are those moments where you're like headed into the door going, gosh, this could go really poorly. <laughs> well, well, you don't normally do it where you live. You know, that's the other thing. You're not, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, the other thing, you know, you, you get invited to speak here or you have meetings that are, you know, and you travel and you do stuff. And you're also surrounded by your peeps. You know, you have support. Yeah. Yeah. So this was this was literally me driving my truck, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, up the road. It was raining. So when I had my I had my dopey on and my kufia and I, and I of course I had my jeans on like I always do. But but I had my corta on and I I mean, I walked down from from the house down to the cafe in my corta and this truck came came driving up the now I'm a block and a half away from the from the bakery and it came up the hill and then it's then right away you, the guy looked at me and he he got off the gas and started slowing and I'm like hmm like you know like it was it was just an interesting moment in time and I go <laughs> I was like should I and so and this is my own neighborhood right so then I got my truck and drove up and uh and I have a I have a I have a truck that I work that I I work on um that, that's a it's a 68 uh, Chevy C10 pickup truck, right? So it's this old beat up truck that's, that's, that's rusting, uh, that, that I've, you know, got a 283 in it, in it, in it, and I do all the work on it. So, you know, kind of a little bit of a grease monkey that way. I know enough to just be able to keep it running. And, um, and so it's this, you know, this rumbling truck that I drove up and it parked and, uh, and, and right away I hear comes this guy in this dopey and comes out of the car and everybody's like, what is going on? They're they're like, what is going on here? Because <laughs> I am, you know, nor, normally I think I would fit right in in Tennessee. I'm like a good old boy, you know. I got my beard, I got my right. cap on, you uh, know. I mean, if, <clears> if, if I talk, then I think I'm fine because of my New York accent. So, 
but um, but it, you know, normally you don't do it in your backyard, and you don't do it close enough where there's enough there's danger. They, they, they everybody yeah. knows where everybody knows my address. Everybody knows where my um where my bakery is. So I got a little nervous about it. Um, yeah, yeah. And, there's a little, little yeah. more personal risk, a little more <clears throat> a little more on the right. line for you, right? Yeah. You know, so but uh, but it was a very valuable experience, I think, for me to learn that you know, to, like I said, you got to sort of trust. In the, that, and to put it in the parlance of, of your of, of your faith and your tribe, the, the providential nature of it all, you know. So, yeah. um, and and so I think that uh, I, I, like I said, going to spend more time doing su- such things. I, I I think I got away from it because you're doing all this, you know. You, know, you pat yourself on the back. We've got the most awarded uh, multi faith documentary, you know, in in history. How great is that? But sometimes you gotta get big scrappy and get back into the, in, you know, start hitting the streets a little bit. So yeah. I'm gonna do a little bit more of that. But it was a profound experience. What did you do, 9/11? How was, how was your 9/11 remembrance? Um, I, you know, I can't, candidly, I didn't do much this year. Um, the uh, I was traveling um, for meetings myself on Sunday, so S- Sunday was uh, S- Sunday was afternoon travel and um, prepping prepping in the evening um, for 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 a meeting I had. So uh, aside from just watching it, I and, and my my remembrance, especially on social media, um, uh, on big national, international, profound moments, I'm one of the ones I kind of tend to shy away. Um, from lending commentary um, mm. most of the time on those historic moments, kind of for the sake of remembrance. Um, and I, I, I kind of most of the time genuinely think that I don't really have a ton to uh, contribute um, or, or much unique it, uh, to yeah. contribute to some of that. Um, you know, the version really, of, of po- making posts is, t- is tough. I, you know, it's, every, you know, that makes, I think that people like to do certain things and I'm not, going to devalue people's what people are feeling and how they may not be able to articulate how they're feeling and they want to participate but i get nervous about i i, I just don't want to participate in sort of virtual signaling on 9-11 it's a terrible thing i think to do so yeah, yeah um, i think so so i mean I, I appreciate all the posts i i see and uh i think some people have some pretty thoughtful stuff but and unless i think i have something particularly unique uh to contribute the, those kinds of days are days i kind of like uh kind of step away from uh, the social media thing. Um, I always, I always remember where I was and like everybody else does when, when that happened. And it was, uh, it was the, the week of that our, at the time, the ethics and religious Liberty commissions board meeting. Uh, and we were in, we were, I was in the studio at the time. So we had, we had the news channels on when all that stuff was going down. And then I remember our, uh, because we had a board of trustees, like 35 plus or minus people from across the country. Uh, wow. And our folks recognized that the airlines were going to all be shut down. I remember our, our vice president of uh, finance basically getting on the phone to the rental cars and like, and renting as many cars as he possibly could. Uh, so, so that the, um, so our trustees would ha- have an opportunity to still get back to their families um, and not be stranded in Nashville for more than it was more than was necessary so I, I remember that being a particular inflection point right yeah i mean it's very very tough i i wasn't i was i was at the plaza the day before flew back to uh nevada and uh um on on, on nine nine i guess or nine nine ten and yeah. and uh and and i was you know i was i was in las vegas i was in nevada where i was living and when it happened but i was so peculiar being I was being there the day before and I had never been to I'd never been to the Twin Towers I never I had yeah, never go it wasn't my thing so I I'd never sure. been there in my life um knew people that worked there and I've met people some and and I've met people that, that had worked there and had uh um had people had friends that had family members who par- who passed who who perished that day but I, I, it's it was peculiar that I had a meeting there that the day before. It was peculiar, um, and uh, I don't know. I still don't know what the meaning of that could possibly have been. Um, but um, not the meaning of the meeting, but like symbolically or providentially, however you want to look at it. But um, but I, I, I was able to see it right before they fell, and that was that's that's wow. that's. Me. the day after when i was when i was watching the, pl- the planes hit and 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 that we always i was in my we were in the community room at the at my office and it was 
it, it just didn't make any sense. You know, like I decided, I think I was just completely dumbfounded um, by the whole the whole circumstance. And then we were worried about my sister. She wasn't in the downtown, but she was in the city that day. And, and when everything shut down, and she went missing for about three weeks, and we didn't know where she was. And and she finally she came up on the radar screen, but basically had to walk across you know bridge on on her own. Um, essentially had a, a a really reflective time and and decided that you know she didn't want to be in the city anymore. Um, didn't want to be working for companies. Uh, uh, that that she basically she, her, her her sort of out, outcome that day was that she was running for her life, and uh, while she was she was a big a corporate lawyer while she was you know protecting the money of the rich, so she decided to go into take a, a, a five year exile self imposed exile in India and then came out as Vajra, you know our theme music. So right, yeah. So, but uh, but yeah, I don't. I think that we it, coming down now from this. You know, now we're talking you know twenty some odd years here. We're, we're you know we're after nine eleven. I think that it's had a profound effect on both of our careers and uh, and yeah, no who, question. Um, from a national security perspective, from a, a advocacy perspective, from a intra and inter an interface perspective, and and it's it really has you know characterized or have been a guiding element in in forging certainly my career and i know your career as well so um but uh but yeah it was it was it was a strange day because it's i sort of was thrust back into that strange that an advocacy role um on a community level and it uh and it didn't mean something so good uh, yeah I think I think it's it's profound and 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 I think it's insightful and I think it's encouraging that you're still willing to engage on that kind of issue on uh, that on that profound uh, day of the year. Um, as far as careers, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> my entire professional career uh, is post nine eleven. Uh, I yeah. was hired on. I was hired on. I remember I was hired on with the Southern Baptist just six months before nine eleven. And so I had a mere, I wasn't in DC at the time, but I had a mere six months basically of, of, uh, of kind of, you know, I was not in the public policy sphere that time. I was, I was on the broadcast communications side of our work here in Nashville. But, uh, you know, I remember how, how dramatically the entire, uh, political spectrum or the political subject matter changed. Right. I mean, uh, we went from, well, you had six months of, of the W Bush administration, uh, focused mostly on domestic issues. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and then it got, got swept up and all, most of that disappeared. Um, uh, in light of nine 11. So, uh, the world certainly changed and yeah, my, my entire career, it's uh is has been shaped i mean i'm clearly not the only one anybody who's of my age is basically in that same boat um but particularly uh it, it certainly has has shaped um I, your your work and my work in a way that you know had had we been doing that kind of work in the 90s it would just it would have been just just been different right yeah very very different you know so i mean i i think i got a few years on you and and i just and a, I, just, a, just a few you know and, and i and i i remember the you know 90s were different it was a different type of i mean we had you know we lost you know the soviets decided to give up and, and there was this sort of renaissance of, of international affairs and good feel gave good feeling goodwill and national security concerns were very very different so um yeah so well i know we have limited time you wanted would you want do you want to talk about the fight i wanted to ask you about the vice president you know speaking four days ago to yeah your, you know like yeah we so so uh so so is is Kamala Harris a, is she a let's start with this is she a a, a an evangelical white nationalist? <laughs> yeah. So so I'll try I'll try to summarize the context here. Um, but uh, there, you know we we live in uh, I, I said on Twitter a couple of days ago we we live in muddled times, uh, which is which is to say there's a lot of a lot of people chattering about. Uh, Christianity and politics, and a lot of people aren't making a lot of sense. And frankly, there are a lot of people who ought to know better. Um, but you have a situation. So the, the presenting here issue here is uh, Vice President uh, Harris spoke at the National Baptist Convention. Now, the National Baptist Convention. Right. Uh, ah. she spoke. So I just want to make sure we said the context right. So she spoke there. Um, and, and this is not extraordinary. 
because the vice president, because Vice President Pence was invited, right? And and then they've invited political leaders be prior to this. So this is not an right. extraordinary event in the sense that this is what they do. Right. right? It, it's not. It's not extraordinary. It's the annual meeting of a national, literally the national, uh, a national organization, a national church right. organization. Right. Like that, Say again. Like, invite the vice president to come when whoever's in office. Yeah, who, who, whoever's in office most of the time. I mean, the Southern Baptists, uh, you know, had, I think they had Pence speak. Um, they always uh, they always invited Bush. Um, I think Bush addressed a couple times. I don't think he ever showed up in public, uh, like in, or in person. I think he may have sent a couple recorded messages. Uh, I was there with, uh, uh, I follow, followed the, um, uh, oh, shoot, I followed the motorcade from the airport with Condoleezza Rice when she spoke. Um, I was like in like 2006 or seven, I think. Um, so it's really not um, not out of the realm of, of of possibility, and has happened pretty frequently. Um, now, people, uh, me and myself included, question the wisdom of of having of doing that kind of thing, particularly in such polarized times. Um, but uh, you know, for a national gathering, um, uh, you know. I, it, it's not entirely out of the realm of, of uh, you know, possibility for to have, a, and again, a sitting elected official um, come yeah. come and speak to your organization. And I think uh, I, I'm going to be foggy on this, but I think uh, Vice President Harris's background, uh, she has some ba ba actually personal background with the National Baptist Convention. So there's a little bit of uh, you know personal history and networking there for her. All to say, in this context of particular. Uh, the white evangelicals debating this thing called Christian nationalism, which is a larger topic for another time. Um, I, I think we have three things. So the summary here is I, I'm kind of reacting to uh, some white evangelicals looking at the vice president's speech at the national convention and saying, wait, wait, is this, this is the vice president. It's a it's political talking into a church environment. Right. And so you have this is this Christian nationalism? Wink, wink, um, as if that's supposed to be some kind of defense about um, our, our own inclinations about Christianity in the public square. So I think basically when the dust settles, I think what, what becomes clear is like you and I frequently say, there are multiple things that are true. Uh, number one, there's a thing we used to just call Christian citizenship, which was, uh, you know, it's just Christians participating in the public square and bringing our uh, theologically informed convictions to the public square and participating just like you participate as a Muslim in the public square. Um, uh, and uh, there are reasons for that. We used to call it Christian citizenship. But recently with this nationalist movement, uh, there's this resurgence of kind of Christian nationalism uh, that is different. I would say it's different and distinctive from uh, Christian citizenship, uh, and it's more a desire um, to basically reestablish what people view as a historic and, and rightful place of dominance for Christianity uh, in as American culture and in, and in governance. Um, and I think that's a different thing than uh, the Christian citizenship that I've been participating in and in de have defended in some context for you know two decades. Um, so that's two things. You have something that's actually called Christian citizenship. You have something different uh, that is Christian nationalism. And there are you do have some folks, uh, particularly on the secular left, who would like to drive all religion from the public square, right? And so no religion allowed uh, in dialogue. You see this um, from your perspective. This is not uncommon. It's been around for a while. Uh, it's been, in some sense, been around for at least you know a century. Um, it's kind of a privatization of religion, which kind of keeps religion out of the public square. Um, and then you have a fourth thing that's going on. Some react to that that number three, the driving of religion from the public square, some people uh, inexplicably react to that by defending, quote, Christian nationalism instead of just defending Christian citizenship, uh, which is what we typically have done, um, saying, look, it's okay for um, uh, people to bring their religiously informed convictions to the public square, and everybody's permitted to do that here in America. Um, but what's more confusing now is that after the vice president's speech, the people who uh, kind of like are defense in defense of that secular that secularization, instead of defending Christian citizenship, they defend Christian nationalism, and then more confusing, 
they labeled the vice president's speech as Christian nationalism, when really it's just it's just a leftward expression of a kind of faith-based citizenship. Um, I, I called it initially a, you know, leftward version of, of Christian citizenship. Um, but when I reviewed the vice president's speech, I'm not even sure she used the word like Christ or Christian. Uh, it's always in the terms of faith, um, which is a little more undefined. Um, so it's most certainly not Christian, a kind of Christian nationalism, but I do think it's a, it's a kind of faith-based uh, political engagement. Um, now, there's plenty in her speech I disagreed with, um, but in, in other instances, uh, if you take the particular policy debates and issues out of the speech, um, kind of the method and the framing of faith participating in the public square. I mean, you, I could easily see Vice President Pence uh, using some of the same terminology, right? Um, it's uh, the, the policy and the, and the, uh, you know, the policy issues will, will change, right? Um, and uh, the, the vision of the future will, would change. Um, but the substance of, you know, someone who's in public office being inspired by their faith to participate and engage issues, it's certainly not Christian nationalism, and it's certainly not outside the realm of American history. Anyway, always, that's my soapbox. Yeah, I mean, we always see we have always had the issue of like getting the right how, you have the right people in office because you have that secular this, this that secularism, particularly that's 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 been um, secularism on the on the left um, that has been a major part of the struggle with the Muslim community because by yeah. the problem is is that secular non-Muslims will look at having any Muslim, right? And to them, this, the, 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 the focus is, do they, are, you know, are they a person of color? Do they have an ethnic sounding name? Let's get them into office and appoint them. And they might, be, and because of their secular, they're, they're secular or they don't care necessarily about what, what sect they come from in Islam, they will the left has been accused of getting a lot of Muslim Brotherhood and Mojaves into office, you know, um, and and I mean by appointees or and I'm, I'm meaning more along the lines of appointees, elected officials. I'm not going to muddy the water with that because uh, I think elected officials are elected by the people, you know, and uh, but when it comes to appointees. And so that's been the biggest gripe internally within the Muslim community is that is that you have to if, if you're going to have appoint somebody and they're they're they are going to be informed on by their faith their faith shouldn't be an enemy of the state right so, so that's, that's been one of our key issues uh and you know we are, <laughs> well and, and you know and this is the funny thing this is one of those those situations where i'm going to mention this is like a hate crime to mention this guy so you know frank gaffney who is you know a very polarizing individual yeah. um you know i've interacted with him quite a bit in dc both uh you know you know, we disagree on his whole Sharia business, um, but I, I remember sitting down with him uh, because we were in the lunchroom down in the bottom of, uh, I'm trying to think of what, uh, God, what, 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 what building, I think Russell, is Russell the one that has the burgers? Um, they have the, they have the big, the big uh, cafeteria. And uh, there's a cafeteria in Russell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's where it is. I'm there and he was sitting in the hallway by himself. And I, I said, you know, Jihad al-Jung, you have to force yourself to speak. You know, it's, you're obligated. And I, so I sat down with, I said, you know, Frank, can you know, Mr. Gaffney, can we, can we sit down? Can I sit down and have lunch? And he said, yeah. And we, uh, and I said, you know, you're really off on this Sharia business. And, uh, and we we're chatting back and forth. And he goes, you know, well, you, you guys are really off on your people that, that are working for the government. And I go, well, it's a pretty general statement, but I, and I'm certainly not responsible for it. And I'm certainly not responsible for my community because I, I know what little influence I have, I do use. And, uh, but the problem is, is that you have a lot of good citizens, Muslim citizens and citizen citizenship in the public space or Islam in the public space as a citizen. But there's a, quite a few people that have an agenda and their their policies and their their actions, their participation, their uh, are are informed and driven by their faith, and their faith is a post-colonial ide uh, you know ideology that mm. is wrapped up in the in in the the branding of of Islam, and a lot of those people are appointees when it yeah. comes to 
the, the secular left. And that, that's been a really big issue amongst the Muslim community that, that's talked about all the time. Um, you know, we, I just was talking with a friend of mine that goes, wow, this lobby is pointed to this, and this lobby is pointed to that, and so and so. And I, I, I always say, look, you could be a Wahhabi and not be violent, but and not care necessarily about American politics in the way that you are characterizing it. But if you have somebody like Muslim Brotherhood, then you got a problem, you know. And um, who's a Wahhabi? A type of Wahhabi. You know? So, so, so you, you know, we're, we're you know, I know we're, these are all probably terms that are very, very tough to unpack, and maybe we can have a, a conversation about that, you know, because this. That's something that we deal with as a, as a community on a regular basis, and we're dealing with it now with some appointees. They're making very terrible decisions related to that have long-lasting effects for the Muslim community and America in general, and uh, and it, it, it affects our national security, it affects our domestic policy, and it affects our our um, our, our you know how multi-faith our multi-faith community interacts with uh, the Muslim community as well as religious freedom. So, but anyway, yeah. I. I, uh, so so Kamala Harris, uh, you heard it here on Crossing Face. Kamala Harris, white nationalist, <laughs> went to the convention to have her talk, and clearly she's shown her cards and is now part of the other side. You know, she's a uh, was it uh, a Manchurian candidate for for the Christian the, the, the Southern Baptist movement? Is that, is that fair to say? Not, not at all, John. Not at all. For for the record, I, as a right of center uh, white evangelical, if you want to call me that, I've got I've here here on Crossing Face, I've defended uh, Vice President Harris's remarks at the national convention um, as as fully fully in line with the kind of American tra traditions, with uh, you know denominational traditions, uh, even even where I would caution and and maybe even. Uh, uh, where I would recommend against it, um, you know, she's not she's not remotely doing anything uh, new or 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 fringy or uh, un unusual here. Uh, even where I disagree with her on, on the policy and the application. Yeah, I mean, how profound is it? it it's a really, I mean, imagine if she said no. Um, what, what would have been the heat on that one? But I think that the fact that she would that she step in that room is this. I, I can't honestly, I can't say much about about the vice president, I, I have a, a very um, poor uh, opinion of her policies um, and certainly how she's represented America uh, since she'd say has taken office. So what a wonderful opportunity for her. And and she she's I feel like she's completely squandered it. But uh, in this scenario, in this instance, I, I get, you know, you know got to give her credit. It's it's difficult. And it's just like me on 9-11. It's very difficult to walk into a room where you might not be well received. <laughs> so um, right. you know, that that is that is I mean, I I went to the washroom in the, in, the, in one of the churches and uh, it was downstairs and I walked in. The lights were out and I go, oh, my God, there's a bunch of people here waiting with a sock full of pennies for me. You know, like I I, I had to, I like had this like creak open the door and look, you know, to make sure, you know, uh, but uh, and I, 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 I'd be I'm, you know, some of sort of being a little dramatic, but I, there was thought crossed my mind. I go, oh my God, is this? Am I supposed to be down here? Um, what happens if someone's there who doesn't who doesn't really who sees me in the way I'm dressed and goes, oh my God? Um, and that's 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 very real. So I think it's I do think it's very um, admirable of her to accept the role of her office and to show up at an event like this where she may not be well received. And she and she certainly will get criticism on the way out. You know, from yeah. social media. Well, I think I think she I think she this was a this was probably most likely a friendly environment. Um, this it, it would have been it, it would have been uh, uh, a, a a challenging environment had had she gone to the S Southern Baptist Convention, which I uh, I presume will not invite her. Um, but uh, you know. Uh, uh, I think for an elected official, particularly at the, one of the highest uh, levels of U.S. office, I think it's a pretty big deal to be invited back to uh, speak at at a you know in the religious context in which you were you know heavily influenced by. Uh, I think I think it's a, a, a big deal, and um, I you know there were some parts of her speech that I clearly disagree with on on policy and, and even some of the scriptural application. But look, 
she's bringing her faith into the public square, just like we expect, uh, you know, former Vice President Pence to bring his faith into the public square uh, and speak in public like that. And uh, we we need not throw stones across the aisle when um, when one camp uh, does the exact same thing that our camp does. Um, it's kind it's kind of like. It's it's different and I think maybe worse, but it's kind of like when um, you know Democrats criticize a Republican president for going golfing, uh, and then Democrats criticize a, a Democrat president for going golfing. It's just, it's like the same critique, and it's like it's meaningless. Um, I, I, th- those kinds of things I, I have pretty short short temper for. Well, anyway. I appreciate this. You know, get some feedback on it, and and uh, I mean, it was definitely. And, and covering, you know, talking about the Queen and, and 9-11, you know, our 9-11 experiences, because I think that it's, like you said, it's um, it's been a busy week for us, so uh, back and forth, and, and a busy week for the country and the world, so appreciate taking the time. Yeah. yeah. Likewise, my friend, um, this this was a big conversation. I think we, we covered a lot of ground from the Queen to the King to, to 9-11 and uh, to the Vice President speaking at, at the National Baptist, so this has been a fun conversation, man, my friend. I know. Well, so, you know, this is, you know, you want to, you, this has been Crossing Face, you know, and we appreciate you coming and, and spending time with us. Crossing Face is a production of Muslims for Muslims, uh, Roll Top Productions, uh, Roll Top Productions. Roll Top Productions, yeah. Roll Top Productions. And our, our, uh, our editor is, uh, it's, uh, is Mr. Elliot Toman. He's the guy who helps produce us all this stuff. So thank you, you, Elliot. Yeah. And so, and, and you can head us on our relevant social media, uh, you know, so, and then, and we'll, we'll be posting some of our, 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 our show notes as well as um, my speeches for that, that were at the evangelical churches. You can see if I survived. Um, so. <laughs> I can't wait to watch. I cannot wait to watch. I'll, I'll, I'm waiting on it. They have YouTube channels. So there's all the stuff is there. So you can see how, where I fit in with the sermon and, uh, and how charmingly befuddled I was because I used an iPad for the first time as a prompt, which I'd never used because I was, grew up analog. And but everybody- yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you.